Welcome back to segment number four of Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM 920 The Answer. I'm Cleve Gaddis, your host, and I appreciate you sticking with us through the break. This segment, we are featuring Powers Lake, a fantastic, very expensive subdivision in Sandy Springs, although I guess for Sandy Springs, it is probably more moderately priced than it would be for other areas of Atlanta. And then what do you need to do as a seller when you're selling a property using a 1031 exchange? In fact, for those who have not heard of a 1031 exchange, what on earth is a 1031 exchange? Where does the name come from? How does it work and why would people use it? Each week we pick one specific Metro Atlanta neighborhood to call out critical changes to help you understand as a homeowner in that neighborhood how you might have a particular advantage when it comes to selling a home in that neighborhood. And this week, we are featuring Powers Lake. If you're on 285, you take exit 22 to Northside Drive, left on Mount Vernon Highway, right onto Powers Ferry, and then left onto North Powers Ferry Road. The subdivision's on the right. You use Powers Lake Drive to enter, so it is a Sandy Springs mailing address inside of 285. In 2018, there were four homes that sold in the neighborhood that year. They took 48 days to sell on average. That's pretty dang good. Average sales price for all four of those was $1,063,000, ranging from $685,000 as the low to $1,312,000 as the high. Those properties in there sold for 93.7% of their original list price, which means your average home seller had to reduce their price 6.3% to get their home sold. In 2019, there were three homes sold. Remember, there were four in 2018, so that's down one. Took an average of 114 days, but the average sales price was $1.221 million. Those ranged from a low of $1,090,000 up to a high of $1.3 million. Year-to-date in 2020, there have been two homes that have sold in Powers Lake in Sandy Springs. They've taken an average 128 days to sell, which is way longer than your typical home sale in Metro Atlanta, but it makes sense when you get an average sales price that's up over a $1 million dollars. The average sales price of the two homes that have sold this year is $1.138 million. So it went from $1,063 million in 2018, $1.221 million in 2019, $1.138 million in 2020. So prices slid back just a little bit. That does not, not always mean that the prices of homes on average in the neighborhood are going down. Sometimes smaller homes sell. The price ranges for last year went from a million and twenty-seven thousand up to a million one a million two hundred and fifty, and the average sales price to list price ratio was ninety ratio was ninety-seven point nine percent, which means the average home seller had to discount two point one percent. There are currently no zero homes for sale in that market, which means you have zero months of supply, uh, which means it is a screaming seller's market. So if a seller will put their were to put their house on the market. Uh, they would sort of be able to rule the roost. Our records show there's about 60 homes in the subdivision, which means from 2012 when home sales in that neighborhood hit a low of $710,000 on average up to 20, <clears throat> excuse me, up to 2020 when average sales prices are at a million one thirty-eight five hundred, homeowner equity in the neighborhood has increased $38 million, excuse me, closer to $37 million. That means those 60 homeowners have about $37 million more in equity now than they did before. The elementary school that serves the neighborhood is Herds Ferry. Ridgeview Charter is the middle school. Riverwood International is the high school. Riverwood International gets a school chimp score of 80. 
If you're the type of parent that doesn't want to monkey around with your kid's education or the school's effect on home values, then you need to order a school chimp report. What on earth is a school chimp report? Well, it is a report that is exclusively provided by Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio and Gaddis Group at Remax Center, which is my real estate firm. And it gives you all of the information you want to know. It gives you a ranking or a rating on the, of the school. It gives you all of the demographic information you'd like to know, the percentage of homeowners versus renters, the educational attainment of parents, the average household income, the average size of a home, the average age of a home in the school district. And then it actually overlays all of the real estate sales data. How many homes have sold? What's the average sales price? Days on the market? Total market for homes? All of that is in a School Chimp report. How do you get one? Go to gogaddisradio.com. Click on School Chimp. You'll have your choice of either comparing your school or the school you want to, the average school in Atlanta, or your school to another school, and it'll run your report side by side. It is fascinating. And if you're not taking advantage of school chip reports, I can tell you, you don't know as much about school districts and the demographics in the school districts as other people might. So we invite you to go to gogaddisradio.com, click on school chimp and download a school chimp report. If you are searching for a home, if you're trying to buy a home right now, wherever you're searching, I invite you to change the website. And what you want to do is you want to do all of your searching on suremls.com. That's S-U-R-E mls.com s-u-r-e-m-l-s.com now why does it make any difference what mls or what website you use well because most websites in metro atlanta pull listings from one of the two listing services in metro atlanta it's unusual we have two listing services they both overlap they overlay they cover the same counties and so if you search on a website and it only pulls listings from one or the other of the listing services then it could be that your home, when it comes active on the other listing service, meaning that one that is absolutely perfect for you, that you never see it because you're searching on the wrong website. So I invite you to fix that problem by searching exclusively on suremls.com, S-U-R-E-M-L-S.com, because when you do that, you can be sure that you're seeing absolutely positively every single listing in the metro Atlanta area. We've got a seller whose name is Sandra. She lives in Johns Creek. She says, we're selling an investment property in Atlanta, which closes in January. We're planning to do a 1031 exchange. How do we make this happen? Very difficult to answer questions about a 1031 exchange without starting with a brief discussion on what is a 1031 exchange. The numbers 1031 or 1031 uh, are representative of the Internal Revenue Code 1031, which allows for a 1031 exchange. There was a gentleman whose last name was Starker, who I don't know how many years ago, decided that he wanted to swap one property that he owned for a property that somebody else owned, and they literally took the titles, and the owner of property A gave their title to property B. The owner of property B gave their title to property A. There was no exchange of money, and he said basically there was no gains on that property because he was exchanging into something else. The IRS said, no, 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 you got to pay your capital gains taxes. You got to pay your taxes due. Well, Mr. Starker decided, I, didn't, I don't like that. So he sued the Internal Revenue Service. Let me say that one more time. He sued the Internal Revenue Service, and he won. And so it, it opened the door for any U.S. taxpayer to do a 1031 exchange, which is a like-kind exchange, which means I can exchange 
a piece of income-producing produ income property for an income-producing property. I could exchange a small apartment building for a retail shopping center. I could exchange a car wash, the real estate portion of it, for a quadruplex. And if the purpose of the investment is to produce income, then it would be considered like-kind property. You cannot exchange a piece of re uh, rental real estate for gold or jewelry or anything like that. It has to be a like kind, so it has to be re improved real property that is designed to, in, in most cases, produce an income. They offer all different ways to do a 1031 exchange. What um, Sandra is asking about is just a typical exchange where you sell your property first. That's called the relinquished property. You buy your property next, that's called a replacement property. Sandra, when it comes to per the purchase paperwork, the only thing you have to do is add a special stipulation and your real estate agent could find the special stipulation in the special stipulations package that is provided by the Georgia Association of Realtors. It's fairly clear. And what it says is that the buyer acknowledges that this transaction is gonna be part of a 1031 exchange and the buyer agrees to do whatever paperwork is necessary to facilitate the transaction, provided it doesn't change the nature or any of the terms of the transaction. Then you have to find a 1031 exchange intermediary. There are lots of firms who do that. I am always interested, by the way, Sandra, in when I pick a firm, I want to know how they are going to insure my money. So if you had a couple hundred thousand dollars or six hundred thousand dollars or five million dollars sitting over in this uh, exchange accommodator or this intermediary's uh, bank account, and that intermediary decided they wanted to steal the money from you, uh, how would you keep that from happening? So recently I've recommended that people look at title insurance companies for doing these 1031 exchanges because they'll actually bond the money. So you'll actually have a bond that you'll get your money back. So something to think about. But so you sell your property, <clears throat> the contract gets assigned to the intermediary, the buyer pays their money directly to the intermediary instead of to you, which means you have never taken the funds from the transaction. Those funds are held in trust by the intermediary. You have 45 days after selling the relinquished property to identify up to three properties. There are other ways to do this. I'm giving you the most common way, but to identify up to three properties that you intend to use as a replacement property. And then you have a total of 180 days. There are some exceptions. If that 180th day falls on April the 15th, the last tax day of the year, sometimes your deadline can be April the 15th or 180 days, whichever is faster. And I know I'm covering a ton of information really quick. I'm sorry if I'm confusing you. But you purchase the relinquished property and the intermediary who has your funds takes your funds and buys the exchange or the replacement property and then transfers the replacement property to you. And the reason for this is you defer any capital gains taxes. So when you do a transaction like this, if you had you know, $100,000 in recapture tax that you would owe for depreciation and you owed another $50,000 in taxes, for capital gains, then you would not owe either of those taxes at the closing because you would actually just bring those uh, cost basis, if you will, over to your new property. And if you sold that property someday, you would pay the capital gains. In a lot of places, a lot of cases, people will do these 1031 exchanges. Uh, when they pass away, they will actually leave the property to the heirs. The nice thing is, is that when your property is inherited by your heirs, it goes to them at a stepped up basis. So if your mom and dad bought a property for 100000 you inherited it today for a million dollars, then uh, it would come to you at a, at a stepped up basis of a million dollars, which means you would only start paying profit, pro, uh, taxes on the property 
if you were able to sell it for over a million dollars. So sorry, that was a tremendously long and involved answer to Sandra's questions. Hopefully that was helpful. You've been listening to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio, where we help listeners go from real estate novices to experts. So home buying and selling can be done with total confidence and without all the worry typical with life's biggest investments. We don't want you to learn anything at closing or after that you should have learned before. We wish you and your families a very, very Merry Christmas. And for those who do not celebrate Christmas, we wish you a happy holiday season. We'll see you next Saturday at 9 a.m.